0: Thank you. We give a big hand to our worship arts ministry, helping us to celebrate. That was awesome. I think I pulled a muscle just watching them. Amen. So glad that you're here. God is good all the time. and all the time. God is good. Thanks for being here on this time change weekend. Give yourself a hand. You are on time today. Amen. Way to go, Cathedral, all those watching online, around the bay, thanks so much for for being here. We're in a series called Signs, Encounter the Extraordinary. In fact, have you seen our church billboard around town? You have a picture of it up here. It says, you asked me for a sign? Here it is, signed God, Encounter the Extraordinary, Cathedral of Faith, How about a big hand for our graphics arts team? They know how to capture a driver's attention. And that's what a sign does. It captures your attention. It tells you something. It leads you somewhere. When we read the miracles of Jesus in the Gospel of John, that's what they do. They capture our attention. They tell us something about who Jesus is. And then they lead us to a place of greater faith and trust in him. Uh, We've been looking at, at the miracles of Jesus, these signs. And we've seen already that Jesus is the winemaker, that Jesus is the water walker. And last week we saw how Jesus is the X factor. When you add him to your math equation, well, two fish plus five loaves... Add Jesus to the equation, it equals 20,000 meals plus 12 baskets left over. Can we give him praise? Amen. Jesus changes the equation. Like this last week during the daydreaming with Pastor Ken, a mom sent us a comment, and this is what it read. It said, my daughter is eight. She heard Pastor Ken's sermon Sunday about the importance of Jesus being in the equation." We were doing math yesterday and she wrote Jesus as the answer. <laughs> and I said, Jesus is the answer to the math equation? She said, Yes, Mom, because now anything is. Pot- Isn't that awesome? <laughs> That's great. I love it. Uh, today, for the next few moments, I want to talk to you from my heart about Jesus. As the way maker in John chapter 5 we see that when there seems to be no way Jesus can make a way well let that get into your spirit that it is time to get up get up say that with me get up do we have any dog people in the house you like dogs anybody there was I I do too and Mythbusters is a TV show and they once did a show about dogs And about dog sayings. There's a dog saying that goes like this. See if you've heard it. You can't teach an old dog new. You have heard that. Well, they wanted to test to see, is this true or is it just a myth? And so they got a bunch of old dogs. Now, in people years, these dogs were 50 years old in people years. So that makes me... An old dog, I guess. So these were old dogs, old stubborn dogs who had never been trained, and they had them on their program, and they taught these old dogs. It was amazing to see. They taught them to sit, to lie down, to heal, uh, to, to roll over, to shake. In fact, they even taught them to do this right up here. Would you look at this? How amazing is that? Uh, well, they, they didn't really teach him to do that, but I just thought that was cool anyway. <laughs> but here's what they found out. It's just a myth that you really can teach old dogs like me to do new tricks. That's good news for old dogs. Can somebody say Amen. And the takeaway this weekend is whether a young, you're a young pup or whether you're an old dog, that it really can be a new day for you. And the message in John chapter five, I believe can, can really change people's lives this week. That you're not here by accident or chance, God's brought you into this moment and this can be the start of a new day for you. If you've ever had a problem, a protracted problem, that has just left you discouraged, You've had a habit that's for so long you can't seem to break. Or you've had a health challenge and for so long you haven't been able to get on top of it. Or you've had a debt that's so big and for so long you haven't been able to climb out of it. Or you've battled with worry for so long. Or you've battled with your weight for so long. Or you've battled with your anger for so long. Or you've battled with an addiction for so long. When you've had a protracted problem, it can leave you discouraged. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Something that just wears you out over a period of time. Friend, if you've had a protracted problem, you came to church on the right weekend. Because when there seems to be no way, Jesus can make a way. He is the way maker and this is the day he says to us, get up, get up. Say that with me, get up. Well this is is really what we encounter in John chapter 5. We run into a man who's not a young pup, he's an old dog like me. He's had the same challenge for 38 years. The same struggle for 38 years. He's been crippled for 38 years. For 38 years, this was his world. His world was confined to this mat for 38 years, but all of that is about to change because the way maker is in the house, and when there seems to be no way, Jesus can make a way he made a way for him and he can make a way for you So friend get ready to get up on your feet because the way maker is in the house and hope is beginning to rise Faith is beginning to rise in this place hallelujah It's time to get up get up say that with me get up now let's walk through the story You'll find it in John chapter 5. You can also see it on your outline. And let's, well, let's see how Jesus can make a way for us this week. First of all, let's look at a question that you would never ask. A question you would never ask. The Bible says in John chapter 5, In Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate is a pool. And in the Aramaic language, the pool is called Bethesda. Now, archaeologists have found this exact pool. In fact, last year, Dr. Wayne and I were with a group from the church. We were there at that exact pool. He gave a devotional at the exact pool. It's another point of evidence that you can trust the reliability of the Bible. Can somebody say amen? Amen. You really can. Now, this pool is surrounded by five rows of columns with a roof over them. There's a great number of people that used to lie down. Among them were those who were blind, those who could not walk, and those who could hardly move. And then we continue. One person was there who had not been able to walk for 38 years. I wonder if this man was the most senior person at the pool. The average lifespan in the first century was 40 years old. He had been at that pool for 38 years. Was he the old dog like me at the pool? And Jesus saw him lying there. He knew that the man had been in that condition for a long time. Is this why Jesus picks him out? That he goes to the person who is the longest case, the worst case, the most helpless, hopeless case because he is the way maker and when there seems to be no way, he can make a way, amen? So Jesus picks him out and then he asks him this question. He says, do you want to get well? What? I mean, does that seem like a no-brainer to you? He's been on his mat for 38 years. This has been his world for 38 years. Do you wanna get well? There are some questions you should just not ask. I found a, a one question that you shouldn't ask. For example, up here it says, never ask a woman if she's pregnant. Unless you see an actual baby being born, even then act surprised. Yeah there are some questions, you know when are you do? There are some questions you just don't ask. I mean some questions seem like no brainers. If if a guy is broke, you don't ask him would you like $100? <laughs> you know if a guy's hungry, you don't ask him would you like to go to an all you can eat buffet? I mean, my friend, if a friend asks me, well, do you want to watch the football game? Or my brother asks me, do you want to play golf? Or my wife asks me, do you want to make out? Of course I do! Those are no-brainers, amen! And when you first see this question, it just strikes you like that. It strikes me like that. What an odd question. It seems like a no-brainer. And then I step back. And I think about my life, and I think about the lives of those around me, and maybe it's not a no-brainer. In fact, I think it's one of the most profound questions that you find in the Bible. Do you want to get well? This last week, I, I was sick. I was really sick. I was on the couch all week, had no voice all week, and I hate being sick. I am miserable when I'm sick. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You hate being sick. I hate it. I hate being sick. And yet, there are certain perks. (laughs) Honey, (laughs) can you get me a cup of tea? Honey, can you make me some soup? Honey, can you get my heated blanket? Honey, can you bring me the remote control? It's all the way on the other side of the couch. (laughs) I hate being sick, and I want to get well, but not too soon. Hello. See, all of us hate being sick. I hate being sick. Jesus doesn't ask, do you hate being sick? Instead, he asks, do you want to get well? That's a different question. Do I want to get well? I was reading a study or an interview that was done with the dean of John Hopkins Hospital, and he was talking about how in America, a million and a half people every year get uh, coronary bypass surgery. And he said that that we do a great job at that and it's a temporary fix. It takes care of the problem. But it's only temporary. That unless a person changes their lifestyle, it won't really give them long-term health and wholeness. It won't. Uh, And so whether they change their exercise habits or their diet habits, they they need to do that for long-term health. And the the patients are told this right up front. They say, if you want to stay well, this is what you got to do. And yet the dean of John Hopkins says that here's what studies show. He said, if you look at coronary patients two years after surgery, 90% have not changed their lifestyle, 90%. Do I want to get well? I hate being sick. But do I want to get well? How bad do I want it? Do I want it enough to change my lifestyle? It's a profound question. What i found in life is that when it comes to hang-ups and habits and hurts that we have, that they can be like an old pair of shoes. An old pair of shoes with holes in them. You know, I have old shoes, and some of those shoes have holes in them. And, I mean, there's old shoes. You keep them around because they're comfortable, and they're familiar. And you keep wearing those shoes, even if they have holes in them, until it starts to rain. Hello. And then your feet get cold enough and wet enough where it drives you to get a new pair of shoes. Do I want to get well? Do I want it enough to make the hard changes, to do the hard work? It's a profound question. When Jesus says, do you want to get well, he's asking us about desire. See, if I want to experience something extraordinary in my life, it starts with desire because Jesus knows you cannot help someone who just needs help, you can only help someone who wants help." Let me say that again. You cannot help someone who just needs help, you can only help someone who really wants help. And when my desire is greater than my disability, when my desire is greater than my dysfunction, when my desire is greater than my discouragement, When I give Jesus something to work with, maybe this weekend you would say, wow, Ken, to be real, you know, I hate being sick, but I'm not sure if I want to get well. Just come to Jesus as you are, amen? Because Jesus meets us right where we're at, and he can give us the desire that we need to experience the extraordinary in our lives. That, that we're tired of, of being this way. That, can I don't want to, I, I don't want to, overspend anymore I want to get well I don't want to overeat anymore I want to get well I don't want to overwork anymore I want to get well I don't want to be a complainer anymore I want to get well I don't want to be a perfectionist over anymore I want to get well I don't want to be a people pleaser anymore I want to get well Jesus can give us the desire that we need and we're on our way to experiencing the extraordinary let's give him praise, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Get up. Say that with me. Get yeah. up. Look at somebody and tell them, get up. Yeah. Boy, let that get in your spirit today. Now that brings us to the next movement in the, in the story. The next movement is this. A command that always comes with power. Look at how the disabled man replies to Jesus. Jesus says, do you want to get well? And the man replies, I have no one to help me into the pool. Do you want to get well? He waffles a bit. I have no one to get me to the, help me into the pool when an angel stirs the water up. I try to get in, but someone else always goes down ahead of me. Now in the first century, they believed that in the pool there were healing waters. In fact, it may predate the first century. But there were healing waters that when there were underground springs that fed the pool and every once in a while it would cause the pool to bubble up. And they believed in that moment, if you got into the water, there was healing power in the bubbles. And so the man's hope was in the bubbles. When he dreamed, guess what he dreamed of? He dreamed of Bubbles. When he ordered water at the restaurant, he ordered it with bubbles. You know, the ringtone on his cell phone was tiny bubbles. The motto on his mat was, you can lose your troubles in the bubbles. His favorite singer was Michael Bublé. Okay, I think we're, you got the idea, right? His hope was in the what? bubbles and he says this is why I can't get well I can't get in that's why I can't get well now on the one hand you have to admire the guy for showing up for 38 years he still has some hope he continues to show up for 38 years and on the other hand when he's asked do you want to get well he explains why it would never happen for him I'm not a young pup I'm an old dog can't teach old dog new tricks and he explains why it would never happen to him I can't get in and that's why I can't get well and that's when Jesus says get up when you feel like you can't get well because you can't get in Jesus says Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. The man was healed right away. He picked up his mat, and he walked. Get up. Say that with me. Get up. Many scholars believe when Jesus said those words, he actually shouted those words that he scared the man to his feet. Get up. Shout that with me. Get up. Say it like you mean it. Get up. That word is used 13 other times in the Gospel of John. Most of the time it talks about the resurrection. Resurrection is power is there in that moment. Get up. Say that with me. Get up. And then the man rises to his feet. And he starts to walk. I wonder what that looked like. Well, it just so happens we have... Somebody recorded it on their cell phone, and here he is starting to walk. Your leg's getting
1: tired. You don't usually tip over. Your leg's getting tired. You don't usually tip over. You've done this walk. Wow! You've done this walk three times this morning.
0: Come on, man. You can do it. It is nap time. Oh, how about a hand for that little guy, yeah? I wonder what it was like for 38 years. He had not walked, and all of a sudden, he gets up on his legs, and he starts to wobble around the pool, and he is doing what he could never do on his own The power of Jesus' words. Whenever Jesus speaks a word, when Jesus said, get up, take up your mat and walk, there is power in the word of Jesus. There's a creative force in the word of Jesus. There's creative energy in the word of Jesus. That when Jesus says something to us, he always gives us the grace and the power to do what we could never do on our own. Maybe you have the desire, but you don't have the power. And I would encourage you to look to Jesus, look to his word, because the power of Jesus, well, he gives us the power to do what we could never do on our own. And before we know it, well... Jesus says, take up your mat and walk. Friend, let faith begin to rise in your heart today. That that crippled relationship that you've had with your son, that it can get better. Oh my. That that bad habit that plays you like a broken guitar, that it can be broken. Can somebody say amen? That the bitterness that's been buried deep in your soul, that you can be free from it. Can somebody say amen? Amen. That the sorrow that's just haunted you for so many years, that you can be healed from it. Can somebody say amen? amen? That the word of Jesus gives us the power to do what we could never do on our own. And so our history does not have to be our destiny. Our past does not have to determine our future. Today is a new day for you and a new day for me. The word of Jesus is in the house. Hallelujah. And when there seems to be no way, he can make a way. Uh, I read that, that, that the human brain, that there's a part of the brain which specializes in imagination. And there's another part of the brain that specializes in logic. And they say that as you get older, that you tend to use the logic side more and the imagination side less. And and that's why we repeat the past as we get older instead of creating the future. And friend, if you're a young pup, or if you're an old dog like me, let the Word of Jesus spark your imagination and see not just where you were at, but where things could be. With the power of His Word and grace working in your life, instead of saying, this is why I can't get well because I can't get in. Instead of explaining why it can't happen, begin to believe why it can happen. The waymaker is in the house, and if Jesus says to me, "Get up," I'm on my way. Amen. To a whole new world. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. <laughs> believe it today. Well, there was a. There were two boys that grew up in a a home with a dad who was an abusive alcoholic. And they grew up in this broken home and eventually they left. They went their separate ways. And the psychiatrist was doing a a study on kids that had uh, grown up in this kind of environment. And he ended up coming across these two brothers. And he found it fascinating that these brothers who grew up in the same home, they had very different outlooks on life. You had one brother who was bitter and angry and morose and you had this other brother who was energized and creative and positive. And so in interviewing these two two now grown men about their experience, he interviewed them separately And he asked them, how did you end up with the outlook that you have? And he said, what fascinated him was that both of the boys gave the same answer. One boy said, well, with a father like mine, what else would you expect? And the other boy said, well, with a father like mine, what would you expect? One boy lived on the mat for the rest of his life. The other boy took up his mat and walked. Today is your day. No more excuses. Today is the day to hear the word of Jesus that is calling us into a greater future, a better future. Today is the day to get up and walk. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Take up your mat. And walk. Get up. Say that with me. Get up. Say it again. Get up. Well, that brings us to this last movement in the story as we wind things down. And this has to do with this case that's still being made. And what happens after that? This man is healed, and then the story continues. It says this happened on the Sabbath day. So the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, it's the Sabbath day. The law does not allow you to carry your mat. I found a sign that was posted in somebody's office, and it said this. It said, office rules, my office, my rules. (laughs) The religious leaders of that day, if you stepped into their office, these were their rules. And they had all kinds of rules when it came to the Sabbath. This is no joke. You couldn't wear your false teeth on the Sabbath. You couldn't look in the mirror on the Sabbath because you might be tempted if you saw gray hair to pull it out. You couldn't wear a handkerchief on the Sabbath, or I'm sorry, you couldn't carry a handkerchief on the Sabbath. You could wear one, but you couldn't carry one. They had 613 rules of what you could do and couldn't do on the Sabbath. And one of the rules was you couldn't carry a mat. And isn't it something? They see this man who has been healed. They knew him. They had seen him at the pool for 38 years. And the first thing they say, they don't say, would you look at that? You're healed. They say, what are you doing? You're breaking our rules. It's crazy how a religious spirit can twist your heart and miss the extraordinary. Uh, the it's interesting how the, the enemies of Jesus, they never denied the miracles. I mean, if they could have, if they could have explained away the miracles, then they, they would have. If they could have, you know, if the miracles were a magic trick, if the miracles were some kind of illusion. If they could have proved that Jesus was a fake or a fraud, they would have. But they could not deny the miracles of Jesus. They never tried to deny his miracles. That's one reason why we can trust that the miracle stories are true. Can somebody say amen? amen. Because his enemies never denied the miracle. Instead, they just never followed the sign. Jesus didn't fit into their box. And so even though... The miracle is real. We know this guy. He's been healed. They didn't follow the sign. And the sign takes you to a place where Jesus says, this is what the miracle is really pointing to. He says, my father is always doing his work. He is working right up to this day, and I am working too. See, the miracle points to the sign, and the sign is just this, that Jesus is the Son of the Father, and they are at work together in the world. And Jesus has come from the Father to make a way to the Father, and together, Father and Son, they are at work in the world. And when you follow the miracle to the sign, And you say to Jesus, I'm open to you. I believe in you, that you are at work with the Father in the world. Friend, Jesus can make a way when there seems to be no way. Today is the day to let hope start to rise in your heart. Get up. Say that with me. Get up. Let me share with you a a testimony of a young lady who's a part of the church. She says, she writes, when I was 15, I hung out with the wrong group of friends. That is an understatement. She was running with the triad gangs over in Asia. It's a very dangerous group to run with. I hung out with a wrong group of friends. And that was when I started to develop a smoking habit. Nicotine addiction. Well, if you know someone who has it, if you are someone that has it, it's one of the toughest addictions to break. It really is a nicotine addiction. She said, by the same time I was 17, I smoked one to two packs a day, and I started turning to cigarettes whenever I encountered a downtime in life. All of us turn to something. When you're going through a hard time, everybody turns to something. The question is, where do you turn? Who do you turn to? She turned to cigarettes. She said, I smoked for seven years, two packs a day, and during those times, I wanted to quit knowing how bad cigarettes are for my body and how it affected my health and my appearance. But I didn't. When I was 22, I had hit the rock bottom in my life where everything wasn't going the way I wished. In one particular incident, I needed a miracle. And when cigarettes couldn't give me the answer, I started praying and asked God for help. And I promised him I would give up smoking completely if he could help me. God worked a miracle for me, and I was in awe of what he can do. Can we? give God praise. Amen. God worked a miracle for me. God meets us right where we're at. And she said, I did what I promised. I gave up cigarettes just like that. How difficult to break a nicotine addiction. Just like that I quit without any more desire of smoking. And I guess that was the second miracle. There's no doubt That was the power of God that gave me the strength to quit. My life was definitely changed after that. Now I don't have to spend money on cigarettes. I'm free from a bondage, a smoking habit bondage, and I now turn to God with my problems. My faith grows stronger. I'm free to live the life he has called me to. It was a new day for her. And, wow, she was one of the dancers here earlier. Jackie, where are you at? Would you stand? Can we give God praise? Jackie, thank you for your story. Amen. Let's give God praise. What God can do today can be the start of a new day. Boy, if Jesus is standing in front of you, and you're hearing his words speak to your heart, do you want to get well? Get up. Take up your mat and walk. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? If you'd say, Ken, the thing I need to do today is I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I've never put my faith and trust in him, and I need to take the first step today. And so today, I'm surrendering my life to Jesus, I'm becoming a follower of Jesus. If you're making that decision, I just want to agree with you that Today is your day. Would you slip up your hand real high and say, Ken, that's me today. God bless you. God bless you over here. God bless you. God bless you. Right back here. Right back here. Up in the balcony. Say, that's that's me, Ken. I'm becoming a follower of Jesus today. Amen. Those watching online, different campuses around the bay, just lift up your hand real high. Now, I want to ask a second question. If you'd say, Pastor Ken, today God is speaking to me because I've had a protracted issue. Maybe it's depression, anxiety, maybe it's a a broken relationship. There's some kind of long-term issue that I have, well, I've been struggling to get on top of it, but I believe that today is a new day in my life. It's the start of a new day. Or there's somebody that's close to me that I'm believing for them. I'm standing in the gap for them. But I believe that, that, that today is a new day for me, that Jesus is a way maker when there seems to be no way. I may be in debt, and I'm believing today that Jesus, by the help of Jesus, I'm on my way out. So just lift up your hand and say, Pastor Ken, today I'm believing God. This is my day. Amen. For the start of a new day. Lift up your hand real high that this is the start of a new day for you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The team is going to come and sing. And as they sing, I want this to get in your spirit. Own this song. Let this be a moment where you hear the word of Jesus saying, I'm not going back, I'm moving forward. Take up your bed and walk.
1: Many, many times made mistakes I've left your word and I've done things my way but still your loving grace promised and that is why that is why I have decided to follow Jesus and I have decided
0: Everybody stand with me, please. I'm up. Say that with me. I'm up. Say it again. I'm up. Boy, I I can see it. I can sense it in here. Today's the start of a new day for you, amen? Uh, Jesus is making all things new. We're not going back. We're going forward. We're taking up our mat and we're walking. I'm not reserving my space by the pool anymore, amen? Instead I'm burning those bridges and I'm moving forward, amen? I want you to own that this week.